Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just love Him for a moment. Oh, we magnify you, Jesus. Lord, we love you today, oh Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand for the reading of the word of the Lord in honor of His word today. We're going to be reading from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 2. Welcome to the Anchor Church, everybody. And I feel like saying to everyone here, welcome home. It's good to be in God's house. Amen. One of these days, what we feel in a church service, we get to live in all eternity in. The peace of God. The love of God. The joy of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Man, when I was a kid, we'd sing in Sunday school. The devil doesn't like it, but I don't care. The joy of the Lord is my strength. How many remember that song? He's a slow fox. If I could, I'd put him in a put him in a box and throw away the key for all the dirty tricks he played on me. Amen. God is certainly good to all of us. Won't you turn to a few people, wave at them? shake their hand, wave at them, maybe elbow them, I don't know. It's different times, isn't it? It's different times. We are so, so glad you're here and uh, trying to be as safe as we can and any way we can serve you the best so you feel comfortable being here, we we want to do that. Romans chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Therefore thou art inexcusable O man whosoever thou art that judgest look at your neighbor and say be careful for wherein thou judgest another thou condemnest thyself that's a strong statement I believe you see we see people's actions and judge them according by what they do isn't it amazing that when we do something We judge ourselves by our intentions, but others by their actions. Be careful, because if you lived in that person's shoes, you might do exactly what they did. See, when God sees a person, He doesn't see the state that they're in now. He sees their whole life till now. And where you would be harsh, He's understanding. And that's what it's saying. Be careful. How you judge another. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to what? Truth. Against them with commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man. Somebody say, O man. Thou judgest them which do such things. And doest the same. That thou shalt escape the judgment of God. He's just in essence saying, just because you know truth. And you judge somebody because you have knowledge and you do the same thing, are you going to escape the judgment? He said, no. No. Just because you judge, some people feel holy holy by condemning others. He said, that's not going to save you. 
Verse 4, though, he goes on and he says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering. Would somebody shout, Oh, my goodness. How many ever say that? Oh my goodness. Why don't you say it again? It felt so good. Why don't you say it again? Oh my goodness. It says, not knowing, here it is, that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. What is it that brings you to God or back to God? It's the goodness of God. It leadeth thee to repentance. I, I want to be holy. I want to be right with Him. But the reason I live for him isn't just my fear of his imminent return or the rapture. But I live for him because he's been good to me. Can somebody say he's been good to me? If he's ever done anything for you, won't you just praise him for a moment? If he's ever blessed you, you can shout hallelujah. You can clap your hands, wave your hands. Just thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Yesterday afternoon, I went to the hospital to see one of the most precious people that I've ever met. Our precious Mary Williams. She has not responded since Monday and is in certainly critical condition now. And Any moment. She's going to part from this world to her home. Any moment from now, I believe she's going to see the angels come in the room and escort her to her eternal reward where certainly she's going to hear, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. We honor her today. I was there yesterday praying with her and singing a few songs and felt the Lord move into that room. Certainly, I should say, he wasn't absent from that room because anywhere Mary Williams was, the presence of God was. But I felt God begin to move there and began to feel the presence of God in a mighty way. And in a moment, her son Mike shared a story with me is that when she was a little baby, that her parents saw her so frail, so frail as, a, as an infant that they actually put her on a pillow and carried her to church. So they, it looked like her bones could break at any moment. And uh, they took her to church and they prayed over her when she was a baby. And my thought was, she's outlived all of them. And I imagine, did they ever expect her to live 95 years? God is good. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. We are certainly sad of her condition, but if we believe what we believe and what she believed, she would always say when I would go to her and she would say, the Lord's been good to me. God has been, wouldn't she? Uh, Sister Tabor, she would say, God, God's been, I'm just glad to be here, Brother Bound, she would tell me. You know, one of the things I, I know about her and Excuse me, divulge me for a moment as I, I just love on her or love her for a moment. But she has always been good to me, my wife. Whether it was a card, it was a word, or just a blessing, a, 
a handshake and I would kneel at her seat many times before church and have a conversation with her and the time that she would lay hands on my children and pray over them and bless them and Sawyer considered her one of his dearest friends and he's 14. But the goodness of her, it drew me to her because she was good to me and I'm sure everybody in this building that had the privilege of being around her any would say she was good to you. Amen. In that moment, I, it calls me to reminisce. I, I think of my grandmother every day who passed away when she was 87. And I, 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 I think of my grandmother often. I mean, there's probably a day that doesn't go by that I don't think of Bertha Johnson, Mimi Johnson, which was my mother's mother. And, uh, you know, it was a great childhood with Mimi. I would stay with her every Friday night. Every Friday night I would go to her house and, and I remember the moments sitting there. I can just remember, uh, you know, Coach, I can remember moments with, with my grandmother. But I, I, I sat there on that swing with her one day and she loved coffee. You've heard me talk about this before. But she loved coffee. And, and uh, you know, that's probably why I'm as short as I am. Because they tell me, boy, you drink that coffee, you're going to snut your growth. But my grandmother thought everybody should have coffee. She put it in my mom's baby bottle. I was sitting on the swing one time with Mimi Johnson and, and Mimi, I called her, and I was sitting on, on the porch swing in Powhatan, West Virginia, a little coal mining community, and, and I remember sitting on the front, front porch and swinging on that swing with her, and she was just to my right, and, and I remember she would drink coffee. She had a saucer under the coffee cup. You know, you're serious about coffee drinking when you carry a saucer under it just in case a bit spills. You can sip that when you're done, Amen. <laughs> uh, you know what I got a little coffee waiting on me as soon as I'm done here that's why I got a large double double from Tim Hortons this morning because after pe preaching twice you know what I'm probably going to need a little pick me up when I'm finished preaching I got that from my grandmother and and uh, I remember just the, the things about my her big white hair she was very very uh, uh, she was a skinny lady and but I would stay with her every Friday night and she would let me sleep with her and you know there were nights that I would literally kick her out of bed because I was a wild sleeper my mom would tell me she said Aaron she said I never knew where I'd find you I never knew where I'd wake up there were times I woke up and I was under the bed and I'd, I'd go to raise up and I hit my head on one of the frame you know and, and I was wild and I remember, I don't know what I was dreaming, but I kicked her out of the bed and I remember her laying on the floor and uh, it wasn't right, but I couldn't help it. You know, just who I was in sleep. And, but you know what? No matter what the night was like, when I would wake up, she would wake up at 6 a.m. and I would always wake up to the aroma of a fresh pot of coffee and fresh fried apples in the skillet. I'd walk through. You know what I'm talking about. You remember growing up? Follow my nose to Mimi's kitchen. I sit down at the table. How many of you wake up and your eyes are blurry? You can't see anything. You don't really know where anything is. You, you just follow my nose to the house. And I go in and sit down in the chair and the way the, the, way the table was set and, and the, 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 the kitchen was open to the dining area and, and so I sit down at the table and you know, trying to look clear. And I look, and there she'd be standing at the stove and the coffee pots on the counter. And, and when she would wake, when I would wake up going there, she would say, well, good morning. And it was 6.30 in the morning. And she would 
give me a cup of coffee and serve me a cup of coffee and there's fresh biscuits and fried apples and, and I'm hungry all over again. <laughs> Jillian told me the other day, she said, I'm going to learn to make you some fried apples. May the Lord bless her. But you know what? She would make this statement, good morning. As a kid, it was my favorite sound was her voice saying good morning. What I would do to hear her say that one more time. We grow green beans at the house when we plant a garden. And the reason for the green beans is not just because I'm a, I'm a great lover of green beans, but when I snap the green beans and I smell those snapped green beans, it takes me back to grandmother's porch. I can see the, the same lawn chair on the gray wood floor and uh, over porch. I can see the, 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 the sheets on the clothesline whipping in the wind with a bright blue sky and a green, green background of the West Virginia mountains. And, and I can go there and just for a moment, the smell is connected to a memory about my grandmother. And, and I'm so moved by her. You know why? Because she was good to me. And there was times that I was sassy. There was times that I didn't do what she told me to do. There was one time I even snuck out of the window. There was times she got frustrated at me. But no matter what I had done, Grandma always woke me up with, Good morning. And I come to tell you today, my love for her is not just because she's my grandmother. My love for her is because she was so good to me. And that's what Romans says is that the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. You know why I'm here today? You know why you're here today? It's because God's been good to us. He's been good to me. He's put breath in my body, a shelter, a roof over my head, a car to drive, and amen, plenty of food and clothes on my body. God has been good to me. I give him praise for every good thing. The Bible says that all good gifts come from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. He's not wavering in his goodness. He's not changing on his mercy. He's not buckling down, coming against anything he's gonna do good in your life. I come to tell you the goodness of God is for his kindness is forever. His mercy is forever. His truth is forever. Come on, how many believe he is good all the time? Amen, amen, amen. And then after I was done, then after I was done eating fried apples and biscuits, I'd go in and watch Looney Tunes. And that's just a secondary memory growing up in her house. Brother Nehemiah, I've learned over the years that no matter how I acted up, she was still good because her love for me was not based upon my perfection. Her love for me was based upon I belong to her. And you've got to understand, God's not changing his love toward you when you're acting, acting like a, a, let me think of a kind word here since I'm preaching about the goodness of God. When you're acting like a knucklehead, that's what you say in West Virginia. Reacting wrong, acting sinful. Guess what? His goodness is still 
for you. And no matter what you do, the goodness of God is, is that when you wake up in the morning, he's so good. The Bible says his mercies are renewed every single morning. When you get up, it didn't matter if you snuck out in the night. It didn't matter if you acted wrong the day before. It didn't matter if you were disobedient to him the day before. When you got up this morning, he said, good morning. This is the day that I've made for you. Rejoice and be glad. Start all over. It's a brand new beginning. Somebody say amen. Now I want you to shout, oh my goodness. He has been good to us. And I realize I have preached about recently for seven or eight weeks the coming of the Lord, the fear of God. How shall you escape if you neglect so great a salvation? The Lord's gonna come and if you don't get right, you'll be left behind. And I believe that. But I also believe you can't live out of God, live for God just out of fear of being lost or just out of fear of being left behind. There's the fear of God, which is the beginning of the wisdom, but there's also, you've got to get it in you, this love from him toward me. For God so, everybody shout, so loved the world. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Dirty, wrong, sinful. While we were yet sinners, Christ, he died. For who? The ungodly. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching about you and me. To think that he could be good to me when I wasn't good. So I stand here and tell you today that I'm not here in this building because I am perfect. I can worship him because he's perfect. I'm not here today because I'm, I'm good all the time. I'm here today because he's good. His forbearance, his, his love, his mercy, come on, his long suffering. So please don't judge me if I get up here and I start talking about him and I jump up and down on one foot and pump my fist in, in emotional passion. I'm gonna tell you because he's been better to me than I've ever been to him. He, he's been greater than me than I could ever do for him. He loved me when I wasn't lovable. He forgave me when I was absolutely wrong. He reached down and touched my life when I wasn't worthy. Somebody shout, he loves us. And he loves you. He's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't love me just because I'm Mimi's grandson. He doesn't just love me because I'm Frank and Debbie's boy. He doesn't love me because my dad's a preacher. He loves me because I was made in his image. From the moment Adam and Eve were created, made in his image. And so when you begin to study and you look for the book of Hosea chapter 3, you turn there in your Bibles. You can follow along if you like. In the book of Hosea, chapter 3, is certainly an interesting, an interesting story about the love of God, how God loves his people. Do you believe God loves his people? In Hosea, chapter 3, verse 1, God was trying to show, and a lot of times he would show his relationship with his people by having the prophet or someone to do something specific so they would understand his emotion toward his people. In Hosea chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend. Yet, 
an adulteress according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel who looked to other gods and loved flagons of wine. He said, Hosea, you're a righteous man, you're a prophet. But I want you to go marry a prostitute. I want you to take her in and I want you to make her your wife. So verse 2 says, So I bought her. You see that? For 15 pieces of silver for a home or a barley. He bought Gomer. Her name, everybody say Gomer. So Hosea, a prophet of the Lord, a righteous man, a godly man, a man that God is using, God told him to buy a prostitute and make her his wife. And the next verse goes and, and talks about it and says, And I said unto her when he bought her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot. I mean, you're not going to be a prostitute any longer. And thou shalt not be for another man. You're just going to be faithful to me. So will I also be for thee. I'm going to be faithful to you, Gomer. I, 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 I will not be with another. It's just you and me. And I'm asking you, Gomer, to be faithful to me as your husband. Well, he does. It seems to be great. He treats her well in a period of time. They have two boys. They have, they have children together. And it, and it seems to be a, 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 an amazing situation, certainly a redemptive story, a, a Cinderella story, if you will, where a righteous man marries someone that seemingly has a terrible, horrendous past and certainly, certainly not very natural in what happened. But God said, Hosea, I want you to do this because I'm going to show show you my love for my people who have left me for other gods and other ways and have left my law and left my word. I'm going to show you my heart toward my people. So marry Gomer, and he does. And Oh, it seems to be a great family situation. They're married. They seem happy. They've got two children together. It seems to be a perfect little story, a perfect family. But all of a, day, all of a sudden, one day, he, he comes home, and she's gone. Where's your mom? I don't know. He, he goes to the closet and the clothes are gone. He maybe, maybe, maybe goes to the cupboards and a few things are out of there and her suitcase is gone and she's gone. I wonder why she left. Where did she go? Why did she leave? I don't see a note laying around and something in him, his heart was broken because somehow he was able to love her even though she had a past. He wasn't bad to her. Imagine that he sat back and said, what did I do? What did I say? What would have made her leave? And she's gone. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that day how they lived. I know they don't have the technology that we do, but I would imagine that if he was here today, he would have went to the authorities of some sort and he would have said, I, I, I'm filing a missing person report. My, my wife is gone and I, I can't find her. And, I don't know if he'd have went to a social media page and would have put something out there. My wife is missing. I can't find my wife, Gomer. I don't know. I know they didn't have photography, but is it possible they had, he had a slate carved in on stone of a picture? I don't know. Gomer, carved in stone. I don't know, but he would go from town to town. I pictured the boys being with him, just young boys. I don't remember how old they were, but they were following Dad around and hitting run up and Hey, this is, this is my wife. Her name's Gomer. Have you seen her? No, I haven't seen her. He'd go to another, another place in the community and 
this is my wife. See her there? Her name's Gomer. Would you happen to have seen her? Maybe went to the supermarket. Hey, this is my wife. Her name's Gomer. Have you, have you seen a lady that described this way? And her name's Gomer. Have you seen Gomer? Hey, 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 I'm looking for my wife. Her name's Gomer. Have you seen her? Oh, somebody's like, yeah. You know, I've heard about her. She's no longer in this community. She's in another community. He'd go to that community and he's looking for her. He's looking for her. And I think there's something in that moment to understand that when he finds out she's returned to her old ways, she's now a prostitute again. She's chosen to walk away from him and everything he's done for her and all the good things and anniversaries and birthdays and celebrations and moments with the kids and she's gone. She, she's gone. And he could have said, well, well, you know, I'll just move on. But there was something in him. He didn't want anybody else. He knew how she had been when he married her. But there was something in him that said, I realize she had a past and I understand her actions, but I don't want to live without her, so I'm going to go find her. You have to understand, Hosea is operating not just out of human logic, but he's operating out of the love of God for her. You see, what you won't forgive, God's unconditional with. And what you can't put out of your mind, and that's why Romans 2 says, be careful how you judge because you see the action of the moment, but God sees the whole life up to this moment. And when you think, well, that's evil, they should have never done that. If you wore their shoes for a lifetime, you might have done the same thing that she did. You might have done the same thing that they've done. You might have ended up where they were. That's why he said, be careful how you judge because you've got your own sins and own issues because of your past. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you today, when you come to God, he wipes you clean, cleans you up, he removes all your past, but you still have a memory. You still have a brain. You still got eyes. And the Bible says we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. And the things that people have to live with after they're saved is I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I acted that way. And you've got to live in a moment, at least for a season, about the regret of yesterday. And I submit to you that I do not believe that Hosea, excuse me, Gomer left Hosea because he wasn't good. Because he wasn't faithful. I'm going to tell you why I believe Gomer left Hosea. Because she didn't feel good enough to be treated good by a prophet. It wasn't that the house of the prophet was not good enough. It wasn't that the blessing wasn't there. It wasn't that the children didn't love her. It wasn't that her husband didn't care for her. It's that in her own mind, she couldn't imagine, why are you being good to me when everybody else in my world abused me? Why are you being good to me with everything that I've ever done? I watch people come out of sin. When they come to the Lord and he forgives them, he washes them clean, he blesses them with good people in their circle that all of a sudden they start feeling unworthy because you shouldn't be that good to me I, I have been too bad I've been too unworthy can I tell you if he brought you to the house he married you he called you to be his bride he's forgiven your past because he wants to give you a blessing now and in your future I feel like preaching to you today. Every single person in this building has failed God. You've done things that weren't right. He didn't call you to him because you were good enough. He called you to him because he knew he would be what you needed. He would be good enough for your situation. I'm preaching to you today. God is good to me. 
Somebody shout, he's been good to me. He loved me when I didn't think he should love me. He cared for me when I didn't think he should care for me. He did things for me when I thought I was worthy of judgment. But because of his love, I stand here in the sanctuary of the righteous people because when I deserve judgment, he gave me mercy. When I deserve to die, he gave me life. When I deserve trouble, he gave me peace. Is there anybody that can relate with me and say, God's been good to me. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. Somebody shout, he's been good to me. From this day forward, I don't want you to ever say, I'm not worthy of his blessing. Because if you're not careful, conversations that seem to be humble and humility can turn into unbelief and doubt. Well, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. God's trying to be good to you. And I can get it. I'm not worthy of your blessing. Almost rejecting goodness. You say, well, I was taught that I should say I'm not worthy. You were taught wrong. And I've got the microphone. Calvary made you worthy. He took your sins, your mistakes, your failures. He bore your grief on the cross. He hung it there. He let them beat him. He let them nail him to the cross. He let them take your punishment. What should have happened to you? He took it substitute of you. So when you come to the house of God, you say he made me worthy. And I'm going to praise him because he allows me in this presence. He allows me in the house of God. Hosea. I'm going to show you how I love my people. See, the devil will tell you things like, you can't get blessed because you did this. You can't do this because this, this. Uh-uh. His goodness. I'm not so sure there was an element, element in the movement at one point that we preached over the pulpit. You're not good enough. People singing the Holy Ghost, you know, you got to have your sleeves down to here. You need to fast for 10 days. Oh, Sister Tina, if you'll read 10 chapters a day instead of three, then maybe God. You know, if you really, 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 really straighten up, people were fasting 10 days to get the Holy Ghost, to be filled with His Spirit, with the initial evidence of speaking with other tongues. And the preacher's getting up and he feels condemned. He's not good enough, so he's telling everybody else, you better straighten up, you better... Better live better. You better, you better, 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 better. And the parents didn't feel good and they went home and everything the kid did. You're not good enough. Your room's not clean enough. You're not holy enough. And then the kid turns 18. Grew up in a church. Grew up in a place. He doesn't feel good enough. He carries it into his marriage. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough. I heard a preacher, JTP, was one of my favorite preacher's preachers. I listen to him when I travel because, you know, if you travel long enough, all you see is little white dots. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Close your eyes, see little white lines. I had to preach that night, travel 12 hours. I, sometimes I'd put in J.T. Pugh, pastor from Texas. I loved his meek, quiet spirit. I loved his preaching. It would somehow calm me. That's why you go to church because there's chaos out there. It's peace in here. 
Amen. I come for him, but it sure does feel good to be in his house. People tell me, they say, when I go to church on Sunday, it, it's like peace resonates and it calms me for the, for the week. Everybody shout the peace of God. And he made a statement. He said, I was growing up. And that's how he was preaching. I'm sort of quoting him right now. But he, he said, he said we, we felt like we weren't good enough to attain the blessings of God. He said, it carried into the home and carried into the kids. He said, finally, one day I woke up and realized he didn't give me the Holy Ghost because I was good enough. He gave me the Holy Ghost because he's good enough. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. You can never live good enough to get the attention of God. That's why the Bible says he doesn't delight in burnt sacrifice. You, you, can't, you can't give enough prayer, give enough fasting for him to love you more. You can't read, read 10 more chapters in the Hebrew and Greek. Let's, let's just talk about it. Well, maybe if I learned the original text in the Hebrew and Greek, go learn the Hebrew language and the Greek language and the Aramaic language and read it in prayer. He's not going to love you more. And unworthiness sets in. But what happens to the person that starts understanding, he loves me enough to better me. I believe in fasting. I believe in prayer. I'm not, I'm not excusing that. I'm not telling you don't come back to church because you'll never please God. That's not what I'm saying. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. There's a return. And he told, he told Gomer that. He said, I'm going to be good to you, and I'm asking you to be good to me. And there's an element of expectation. How I many know that? But he doesn't bless me because I'm perfect. Neither do you love your spouse because they're perfect. I mean, except me and Cindy because she's perfect in all her ways. Are you getting what I'm preaching here today? Let me just get real. I don't love my kids because they do every single thing I say. Wouldn't that be nice? Easy to wake up in the mornings. Beds made, rooms cleaned, messes picked up. I, didn't, I stepped on a Lego again the other day. Wouldn't that be nice? No Legos on the floor. They're not perfect. Love is not conditional based upon performance. Love is based upon a covenant and a commitment and a who. <laughs> and do you think for a minute he's going to require you to forgive? Simon Peter said, how, how often should we forgive? He said, 70 times 7 a day. I mean, if he said 7 times, that would be a challenge. But he said 490 times. Let me preach to you. Do you think he's going to require you to give, forgive your neighbor 490 times a day and he's not going to forgive you? Quit listening to your past. And Hosea leaves the house. He leaves his home. He leaves where he is. That's my wife. Her name's Gomer. Have you, have you heard of her? Her name's Gomer. I'm trying to find my wife. I've heard she's in such and such community. All of a sudden, he finds her. When he finds her, he steps into the community and they're having an auction where they are selling her as a prostitute. And she's standing on the auction block. 
to be used and abused because that's what she felt worthy of. I don't know her upbringing, but God must have known her upbringing. I don't know her lifestyle, but God certainly knew why she did the things that she was doing. But on the back row, in a crowd of abusers, in a crowd of men that would have taken her to them for nothing more, no, nothing to value her with, all of a sudden she looks to the crowd here in the back row. I'll take her. I'll take her. Let me, let me have her. I don't know. I can't, I can't say, but just let me use my imagination. Might have been a wad of cash in his hand. Not that he was boasting of his wealth. That he was saying, I'm going to pay a price for her that nobody else is willing to pay. Hosea. 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 You, you want me back? Hosea. Want me back? Honey, I never wanted you to leave. I didn't want you to be anywhere else. Hosea. I didn't feel good enough to be in your house. You know where I came from. You know what I used to be. I only felt worthy enough to be what I'd always been. Oh, Gomer, that's where you're wrong. Gomer, you weren't supposed to live down here. I married you because you're worth more than where you're living. I've got better things prepared for you. We've got a future together. Come up over here and walk with me. There's two boys right here that speak of your future and a part of your DNA. There's greatness ahead of us. And there's greatness ahead of you. Why don't you come home and let me be good to you? Because I promise you nobody's going to be as good to you as I'm going to be good to you. Why don't you come home? Come on. I'm going to show you my... I come to preach to you. Nobody can be good to you like God can be good to you. Nobody can love you the way God will love you. Let's stand to our feet and lift our hands to the Lord and tell him today, thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, reach out to God right now. God's not asking for a fancy prayer. God's not asking for you to quote Psalms 23 in the King James language with perfection. He's asking you to accept his love. He's asking you to accept his goodness. <laughs> Say, I haven't been right, but you are. I'm not God, but you are. I don't want to be the leader of my life. I want you to be the leader of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's love him. <laughs> Let's love him. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, let's just love the Lord. Has it been good to you? <laughs> the blessings of God. <laughs> the Lord wants to speak to us right now. 
hand of the Lord is in this room. I'm not telling you don't try strive to be better. But what I am telling you, quit acting like you're not worthy. And don't leave because you don't feel good enough because it's not true. If you only understood the depth of his love for you. His goodness. Somebody say his goodness. Has he been good to anybody? Has he been good to you? I'll never forget. Boy, as a boy in college. My friends came to from college, came to the church. They started talking about his mom. She had cancer through her body. Diagnosis and her diaphragm was pretty much from her nose to her toes. He invited her to church and she came and got prayed for. She repented. Brother Cody, she repented. We baptized her in Jesus' name. When she came up out of the water, the prince of God was on her so powerful. She went back to the doctor. The doctor said, I don't know what's happened to you. He said, but there is no cancer in your body. I've never seen her since. But God didn't heal her because of her faithfulness. God just healed her because he's good. reason we're here in this service because everybody has a story a moment what I'm portraying to you is no matter how I acted the night before there were still fried apples and a cup of coffee because love causes his mercy to rise in the morning I want you to look at your neighbor and say it's a new day a brand new day in Romans 2, he makes a statement, though, and I will say to you, in the text that I read, do you believe God can do anything? Somebody shout, anything. And I, I watched a lady right here, scoliosis, crippled for 15 years. By the time she got to the altar, her back was straight as can be, healed instantly. I saw a lady right there two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Right there, one leg was shorter than the other, got healed. I watched a man stand right there, had a withered hand. When we said the name of Jesus, a withered hand just said, just like that. I've seen it. I watched a man right here who was crippled from his, his whole body crippled, instantly was healed. And God, when he opened his eyes, his glasses were blurry. He had to take his glasses off because God healed his eyes. He could turn around and see the exit sign. Miracle after miracle. A, a dead man was raised right there in that, in that road. Had died of a heart attack. Y'all was there. You watched it happen. Instantly, another lady healed right there. She had six months to live. Instantly, God healed her of lung cancer. Instantly healed of lung cancer. That's been about 12 years ago. Still healed today. Doctor said, I don't know what happened to you, but cancer is no longer in your body. I talked about your son, Kevin, last week. I watched another lady of, liver, uh, of, of uh, heart valve and kidney disease and cysts disappear. One miracle after another. God's been good to us. Sister, Sister Glover, wave your hand right there. Had to have sur surgery was canceled because it disappeared, didn't it? Huh? The growth disappeared. I think we ought to thank God for that. Thank God. For that. And in Romans 2, he said, Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness. Everybody say the riches of his goodness. And forbearance. Look at your neighbor and say, He's putting up with you. what that means I think in the Hebrew 
and long suffering. Erica, he'll wait a long time. A long time for the Elkins. Look at your neighbor and say, he'll wait a long time. I'm about to close, I think. That Adam sinned in the garden. He and Eve, soul that sinned shall surely die. Judgment. Adam makes a mistake, takes to the tree, had a wrong influence. Any of us fail because of wrong influence. How many know it's true? Look at your neighbor and say, who matters? Who speaks in your life matters. It does. He let the wrong, wrong voice speak into his life, even in a perfect garden. Fails God, sins. But you know what? God didn't just come down with judgment. God came down and said, Adam, I know there's nobody else in the garden, but would you excuse the parallel here for a moment? Maybe walk to the lion. Have you seen Adam? you seen Adam? He knows where Adam is. He's hiding. He's hiding back behind a career. He's hiding behind a hurt. He's hiding behind things that make him feel not good enough. He's tying fig leaves together, creating things to try to hide his shame. But if he only knew, I still love him. <laughs> the devil's been lying to you. Don't let the devil tell you that God's given up on you. He loves you right where you are. He loves you in... second chance I want you to be my bride we've got children together we've got a future together lift your hands and love him all over the building come on Adam Adam I've got plans for you come on Gomer Come on, the word Hosea means salvation. That's what he was saying. I'm going to bring salvation to Gomer. Today the Lord is moving. I don't, I don't know what your situation is, but he wants to bring goodness to it. I don't know what your prayer is, but he wants to bring an answer to it. If you need a miracle, and you're going to step out in faith and say, I'm not perfect, but he is. I want you to come believe for an answered prayer. Come on, all over. Social distance, be safe. But I want you to come to this altar. You need a miracle of some sort. You need a touch of God. I want you to come. Come on. God's going to honor that prayer. God's going to honor that faith. I'm not perfect, but I serve a God that loves me. I believe he's going to answer me. Come on. I feel that. Come and stand down the altar somewhere. You need a miracle of some sort. Today, I'm getting a hold of God. Today, I'm returning back. Today, I'm going to let the goodness of God overshadow my life. Hallelujah. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here. You can stand and pray. You can sit and pray, whatever you want to do. But right now, let's pray all over the building in the name of Jesus. Come on, I wouldn't wait. Today, we pray for a miracle. We pray for a movement of your spirit.
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.